Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on the ringer.com that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. My name is Mallory Rubin. I am joined today by Van Lathan. We're here to tell you, give you a little preview of new podcast feed called The Ringerverse. Van, what can people expect from The Ringerverse? We're here to give you a little sneak preview of the type of shows to expect. But before we do that, so I'd like to make sure you guys know that I am Van Lathan, one half of the Higher Learning Podcast with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. I am Mallory Rubin, co-host of Binge Mode. Mm. And we're here because we love to talk about these stories. We love we them. Do. We're thinking about them. We're watching them. We're reading them. We're talking about them. Why not talk about them right here on this new podcast feed? I got kicked out of school. I think it's 1991 or 92 because mm-hmm. I got in an argument over who could win out of a fight, Spawn and Wolverine. Which side of the argument were you on? Spawn. This crucial backstory. Okay. Spawn. I, I think I think it's Spawn. Well, don't get me wrong. Well, it's hard to beat Wolvie, but Spawn is like, you know, he's enchanted. It's all kinds of supernatural stuff. It's just a lot for Wolverine. The point is that this is that this is deeply rooted for me. Like mm-hmm. this, this podcast, this podcast feed, this entire thing, it's a 41-year-old man. It's like a victory lap. We won. <laughs> the nerds won. I can talk, I can get paid for talking about this stuff. I love it. The number of times that someone in the MCU has gotten to say we won. Now here you are saying it. I, I don't see like the the little decaying particles from Ebony Ma's corpse anywhere, but you know, I sense that he's there. Fucking Ebony Ma. That guy. Don't miss him. Don't miss Don't him. Miss him I, at I guess. All. What would my version of that be? Let's see. Whew, boy, I once got in trouble in Hebrew school. Okay. For reading the Fellowship of the Rings wow. underneath my desk instead of uh, continuing with my aggressive tutoring course to memorize my Haftorah portion. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Needed to be focused. And I was focused, but I was focused on my precious, <laughs> not on not on the curriculum of the day at Beth Israel. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. Look, l- looking back on that, do you regret your decision? No, I don't. You know, I, I don't. Regrets. I don't regret a, a single moment that I spent in in Middle Earth, and uh, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't see how anyone could. Even even the moments with the ants are precious to me. You know, mm, very true, very true, very true. 
Should we tell people what they can expect from the Ringerverse other than our school tales? <laughs> There's going to be some of that. There's going to be Absolutely. some of... Because look, I got to be honest with you. This is a little bit of a victory lap for me. And if you're listening out there and you grew up the way that I did, it should be for you too. But yeah, this is going to be where that victory lap happens, where we're going to kind of dive into what really kind of is a renaissance right now, or not a renaissance, a golden age right now of a fandom and nerd culture. And we're going to have, we have a hub for it right here on, on this channel uh, over at the Ringer, the good old folks at the Ringer, as I call them. I love it. We are going to start, of course, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Zack Snyder's Justice League. What a week it is here in the Nerdverse and the Ringerverse as well. And in general, we're going to have instant reaction pods. We're going to get into some theorizing, some predictions, mailbag questions, of course. We want to hear from all of you because part of what we love about these stories is sharing them together and with all the other people who love them too. And part of the joy of that golden moment that Van, you just described, I think is, you know, we're in the Disney Plus era. Who knows exactly when we'll all be back in movie theaters, but there's so much Marvel. There's so much Star Wars. We're about to be back in in Westeros with the Game of Thrones spinoffs. On and on the list goes. Lord of the Rings show coming. Uh, again, as mentioned, four hours and one minute of Justice League waiting for you this very week. On and on and on and on and on the list goes. There's so much of it. And we want to find ways to talk about and celebrate and explore the characters, the themes, and the universes that bring us such joy. Yeah, and we also have to sort of mark the moment in time, right? These are the dominating stories in pop culture. They've dominated our youth. And now it's interesting to me to be able to do this with the lens on it that we have, you know? A lot of shows are coming out. They're coming hot and heavy. And if you're just getting into it, if you're the casual fan and you want a guide of what you've missed or what you need to expect, this will be a place that you can come and get it, all right? We do the work, so you don't have to. And we'll be up on this stuff, and we'll be right here as a resource. I love that. I love that. And, you know, much like the MCU or any of these other universes, you start in one place, then you build and you grow, right? So who knows? Who else you're going to be hearing from? What else we'll be covering in the wider nerdverse? We're going to have some variety shows, find ways to talk about not only the new releases, but other news that is surfacing in real time. It feels like there's something new to talk about every day about what's in development, what might be coming. You know, like we're just going to be like the podcasting version of Tony and Jarvis and Dummy and Dumb You just down there in the lab. Let's see. Let's just test some things out, man. Just just tinkering. This is Mark 1, you know? Who knows what Mark 2 will be? Tinkering. We, who knows? We're going to get into nanotech. We're going to get to all kinds yeah. of things. Boy, the I tell bleeding you edge armor comes eventually. The bleeding edge armor. Oh, wow. That's what I love. That's, that's what <laughs> that's I'm into. Great. Listen, here's the thing. The one thing that Marvel really got right, which is everything, is just the evolution <laughs> of the armor tech itself. Because when you go back and you look... Yeah. He just, our boy came so far. He came so far. This, the second time he was carrying the armor around in the suitcase like it was a dirty bomb. 
And the second one, he was like, it was a whole little thing. But before he just, yeah, it did. Yeah, we haven't seen a cultural phenomenon like the MCU ever in filmmaking, in my opinion. And it's those little details that they get right. They get things right. Couldn't agree more. I still have some notes for Ivan Vanko about his reaction time while Tony was opening that briefcase <laughs> and activating that armor. But that's neither here nor there eventually. So at launch, at the beginning of this journey, we will each be leading a show on this feed each week. I am going to lead a show where we talk about some of the theories, answer some of those mailbag questions, talk about some of the characters, the themes, see how people are processing the new release a couple days after it airs. You will be right there with them. Right. Instant reaction show. I'm impulsive. <laughs> so, you know, I, I am the guy that says, hey, hey, we, you, you just saw it. Let's <laughs> discuss it as a family. Discussing things as a family is my entire deal. So I'm going to be an instant reaction guy. Looking forward to it. I love it. I love it. Maybe we'll have a, a crossover event, you know, a team up. Team ups are at the heart of comic book storytelling. They are. Crisis. I can't wait. On Infinite Earth, something like that. Like, we'll do it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, setting the stage. Sure. We're here. We're talking about getting the team together. Nick Fury is showing us Phil Coulson's trading cards covered in his mm, blood. You know, yeah. we have a lot of stuff to figure out, a lot to right. organize. How do we get to know each other? You know, we're we're sitting here on Zoom, man. It's still quarantine, so we can't get that that team shawarma, at least right. not yet. And right. so we need to find the digital equivalent of the shawarma team building exercise. What if we just kind of did like a rapid fire lightning round just off the dome some of the questions that we have for each other about our fandom. I'm into it. Okay. Where to start? Uh, what, should, what are your top three favorite MCU movies? And not just, yeah. and, okay. and why? In the interest of, uh, of brevity, I'll, 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 I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it quick. My, my top three MCU films, I think I have, a, I have the fortune of, of having recently power ranked all 23 at the end of uh, the Binge Mode Marvel season. So if I remember correctly, and it's possible that I don't, even though that was mere weeks ago, my top three for the MCU films would be, number one, Winter Soldier. That's my favorite MCU movie, which I'm always a little bit surprised by just because I really love the like overtly fantastical and magical elements in general and fantasy stories. And Winter Soldier is not that, right? But the Cap films are my favorite standalone character trilogy. And I just think Winter Soldier is basically a pitch perfect movie. And it's of course one of the reasons that I'm so excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier MCU Disney Plus TV show experience because... I just love those characters. Next for me would be Infinity War. And okay. then Thor Ragnarok, I think, rounds out my top three. And I think in general with the MCU... My top three would be number one, Winter Soldier. It's just the best movie they made. It's just the best movie they made. Okay, Just get That's over great. it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's great. Um, the elevator scene, an absolute all-time. Just get out of here. Uh, two <laughs> is Ragnarok. Uh, as far as movies that I watch, Ragnarok is the Marvel movie that I probably watch the most. It's such a joy. Just a lot of fun to watch, man. Yeah. Like, should we, should we, should we play Get Help right now? 
Who's we should play get help. Like who get help? I don't want to do get help. We should do get help right now. Uh, and number three is in game. I have in game, and I'll tell you why. Nice. Like I, I'm willing to go along with everyone that overall, Infinity War is a better movie than Endgame. Overall, it's probably Infinity War doesn't give you a chance to breathe. Blah blah blah. Here's the thing, though. The highs in Endgame, there's nothing. I'm sitting there in the theater. And by the way, with as much as I've consumed and as much as I know from comic backstory, there's no way they should have been able to surprise me. I I just, I'll never stop talking about it. When Minir is summoned to Cap's hand. An all-timer, spine tingling. And I'm I'm looking around. I stand up in the arc light and I do like this. And I'm shaking my (laughs) hands and popcorn is falling on people. They don't care. It's like, you can't, to me, I don't know. And then that moment is amazing. So think about the sequence of moments real quick. I'm not supposed to spend too much time on it. Think about the sequence of moments. There, okay, after that, because remember, Cap only is in that fight for another, what, two minutes. He then gets punished. Then On Your Left comes. And then after On Your Left comes, we've been waiting four, four movies for Cap to give the call. We've been waiting a decade for it. Oh, right. Like for I Cap's, mean, it's... He, he, he's never said it, not one time, no matter how many battles the Avengers have been in. And watch that scene again. When he says Avengers Assemble, it's amazing. But there's, all, there's something that happens right behind him. Thor lets out the craziest battle cry. And I, I got chills right now. I got chills. From the, I'm going to watch it after we get off this. But... but and that's why it's my third. It's just the movie took me, it made me a kid, man. It's it's absolutely so good. I mean, I again, I have it in my top five too. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And those, the ability that it has to transport you back to the first time you saw it in that way, it's so visceral. It is such a thrill. What an, what an incredible, like, and, and I have such a tendency too as a the consumer of these stories to like parse the intricacies of the world building and did this make sense? And so I, I think the fact that I watch Endgame and I'm just like, the emotional spectrum, everything you just described, the thrill of it, the surge of it, and then you can have a scene like the one between Thor and Frigga, for example, on Asgard back in 2013 about how, yeah, you know, every, uh, how hard it is to be the person you're supposed to be, right? Right. That variance, I don't care about the ultimately like logistics of the time heist when I'm watching that because it's just so completely mesmerizing. From well, who are you, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Now, just go along with it. Just like, what are you like? What are you like? What? Who, like, what? Are you, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Like, don't do this, Mal. Like, you, you, you're. What, what are you going to do here? Listen, let's talk about the pim particles and how they should have just tried to get more of them first. No, I just, let's not do that. How about Star Wars? What Star Wars project are you? currently most excited about of all of the TV shows and films and you could put bring in you know the High Republic stories anything you want what are you most excited about of what is on the horizon right now? Obi-Wan. Hell yeah. Because Obi-Wan Kenobi is the greatest Jedi that's ever lived. Okay what do you mean by that though? Like in what way? So he's not the most powerful Jedi that's ever lived right? Mm -hmm. That's obviously not true. But to me, Kenobi is the most, is the greatest Jedi that ever lived. As far as what we can watch, I'm not talking about from years before or whatever. When you look at what Obi-Wan accomplished and what he did, he stayed there until basically the story was over, right? So Kenobi comes up over under Qui-Gon. 
he trains Anakin, defeats Anakin. I don't know how much since the battle made, but whatever. Don't jump. No, I told you. No, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. The Mustafar duel is it's great. Unimpeachable. So I love my, that sequence so much. So Should we it, just it, recite the dialogue back and forth to each other right now? <laughs> I love it. So I love it. I love it. But my thing is this though. I think one of the things that the prequels, the prequels did was they did a poor job of demonstrating how powerful Anakin Skywalker was supposed to be. They did a poor job of that. Now you get it, you know, there's other stuff, but the, the movies themselves did a poor job of that. And if he was supposed to be what he was, he sure had his hands full with Kenobi. And, and that's not to take anything away from Kenobi, who's a fantastic he Jedi. He had the high ground. Right, he had the high ground. He says, Anakin, don't try it. And it's like, you're going to jump anyway. You underestimate my power. And he cut the man's legs off. Incredible. And moment. cut the man's legs off. So I hate you. It's like, I, I, I loved you, as Anakin. He's, as, as, as he's, you are my brother. And so when you look at everything that, that, that Kenobi has done, and then... He goes in hiding, oh, we think, but lives on Tatooine and looks after Skywalker for all of these years, then takes it upon himself to then train Luke. It, like, the story simply doesn't work without everything that Kenobi contributed to the Jedi, to the Resistance, all of that stuff. For the Star Wars Rebels heads out there, of course, one of the best moments one of the best episodes of that show, and really, I think, I don't know, this is my take, at least one of the best moments in all of Star Wars. This is a spoiler if you haven't seen Rebels. We will be spoiling, we should say. We will never spoil something that has not come yet. We're not We're not going to be dealing with that. But if, if it has aired, we will talk about it. So you've been warned. Maul and Obi-Wan on Tatooine, the fateful final battle, iconic moment. Can I tell you what I want the Obi-Wan show to be? This is my personal... What do you want it to be? Fierce fierce desire. Let's tweak the timeline because obviously we know when this is supposed to be said and it does not align with what I'm about to say at all. Let's tweak the timeline, rework things a bit, and let's give the people, and by the people I mean me, what they, and by they I mean I, want, which is the romance between the Duchess Satine and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, wow. That is what I want cartoon Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi from the Clone Wars and his uh-huh. desperate love and yearning for the Duchess Satine. I'm sorry. And I, I this this may sound crass. I just want the show where they finally fuck. That's what I want. <laughs> I need it. I need that in Star Wars. Sorry. No, but look, see, that's the thing. does it work with the I- timeline of her death? No, that's okay. Let's find a way. But this is the thing. There's a lot of unanswered questions about Obi-Wan there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes on about Kenobi. I always wanted to know more about Kenobi because Kenobi was always the most underrated to me. The Skywalkers are the least trustworthy family. <laughs> Listen to me. The Skywalkers are by far the least trustworthy family in any epic anywhere. It's six and a one half a dozen in the other that the Skywalker is going to kill the whole universe. You know, you either get, like, think about how temperamental Ben is. Think about how temperamental he is with a lightsaber walking around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But anyway, 
So really, Obi-Wan is the steadying force of the whole thing. I, I, I was so excited to see this show happen. And there are other shows that I watch, you know, Bad Batch and a, all of this yeah. stuff I'm excited for. Should we talk about DC and uh, some Justice League Snyder Cut wishes for a second? What? Yep. I have so many questions. We're running out of time already. So we unfortunately do not have four hours and one minute like the movie itself to talk about this. You'll be back, though. You'll be back with your... Zack Snyder's Justice League takes. What is your hope and dream and primary wish? If you're back in Wonder Woman 1984 and you have one wish about Justice League, <laughs> what would it be? What are you really hoping for from this movie? Uh, my wish for... I can't believe you brought up Wonder Woman I'm sorry. 1984. I, I, to, I'd, I'd like to, to apologize. You're trying to trigger me. It's very upsetting. So my hope for Justice League is my basic hope for DC. Okay. So we all have family members who we love, right? I just know I'll speak for myself. <laughs> DC is like a family member that's on dope. They are. Like, you love them, and you're going to keep loving them, but God damn it if you don't want them to just get their shit together, right? You love them, and there are times when they're over for Christmas Mm -hmm. Or there are times when they're over for like Thanksgiving that they're lucid and you can still play basketball and they get it right every once in a while. But you're thinking, God damn, you guys don't even know how smart Cousin Johnny is. Cousin Johnny is smart. Cousin Johnny is all of this stuff. If he could just get his shit together and you want to help him. And that's kind of my thing with DC. It's my first love. Like it was, it was Superman and Batman that I fell in love with, right? It was those stories. And they got some amazing, amazing source material over there that they can draw on. But it it, it seems as if, and I don't know this, if this comes from the relationship between the creatives, you know, and Warner Brothers, and these characters being owned by a big studio. And not that that's not the situation right now with Disney and Marvel, but it didn't start off that way. And, you know, just whatever. Um, but I... Forget about Zack Snyder and what he wants, his vision. I want to see them do these characters justice. These are fantastic characters. I'm not saying that we haven't gotten great Batman movies. We just got three great Batman movies not too long ago. But I want to see them do these characters justice. I want to see them write these characters in a way, in the majesty, and with the power, and with the social relevance that they have, the cultural relevance, should I say, that they have. And I just hope they get it right. That I find that um, actually genuinely very moving. That's, that's really nice to hear. My hope is that in the extended four-hour version of this, we get to hear Steppenwolf finally say mother because we haven't heard it yet, you know, and people have been waiting for it. No, I'm not kidding. My my hope is, you know what I'm looking forward to? In addition to everything you said, which I, I really do agree with, I'm looking forward to getting more of the backstory that we've been waiting for for Flash and Cyborg, you know, finally getting into some of these scenes that have been teased for a long time. Like, I'm a big... I'm a big DC CW verse person. So Are like, you I now? Love, yeah, I like I love Arrow, I love Flash and I'm excited to see this version of the Flash, this version of Barry Allen a little more fully fleshed out. I'm into that. Falcon Winter Soldier. We have so many other things we could talk about. We could do the the Direwolf or, or Dragon game. We could get into Hogwarts houses on and on and on the list could go, but it, but to 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 put a pin on it for now, to put a bow on it for now and and Talk about the thing that is coming this week, Friday, March 19th. 
Thursday night if you're willing to stay up late, right? Hopefully Disney Plus won't crash and everyone can watch right away. The first episode of the sixth episode, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier season. There are so many things we could talk about. Favorite Sam and Bucky moments, how you're feeling about Zemo returning. I'm personally curious to know if you think that they should, you know, no shade at, at Drone Red Wing, who seems great. Should we get living, breathing, actual Red Wing in the story? You know, I love to talk about magical creatures. I saw a Joanna Robinson tweet recently uh, about how they need to introduce Bucky's comics canon cat into okay. the show. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, we need Alpine in the MCU right. immediately. So I, right. I'm just personally thinking about Red Wing and Alpine. But no, I mean, we have so much we could talk about here. Steve Shield, Sam assuming the mantle. The list goes on forever. And that is, of course, why people should tune back in to listen to your pod on the first episode and all of the subsequent discussions to come on the Ringerverse feed. But is there one thing that you're most excited about a character that you're looking forward to seeing return? Are you hyped for Zemo? Anything in particular you want to call out on the eve of the Falcon premiere? So I'm interested in Sam's character. I think that they really use Falcon in a lot of these movies as sort of the comic relief, sidekick. He was, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Falcon isn't very cool in the MCU. Like him just fine. But at one point, I, I, it was it was starting to bother me a little bit. Like Falcon was like oh for four. He got his ass kicked by Ant Man, you know. He did. Uh, yeah, that was tough. Uh, so Ant Man kicked his ass. Rumlo kicked his ass. All right, in Winter Soldier, Ant Man kicked his ass. He was just getting his ass kicked a lot, and just dropping in one liners, and that mm-hmm. was the that that was the the whole thing. And now, based upon that, they gotta kind of this character has to take a step forward, right? Like, this, this character has to take uh, a major step forward. And I'm interested in seeing the way that they do it. It's not as if Sam Wilson is not a cool comic character. He is. In the, in the comic universe, he's been several different things, you know, including a very capable Captain America. Now they have to sell that to the viewers, and I'm interested in seeing how they get that done. I think I'm probably most interested in... Falcon on the TV front, obviously Black Widow on the movie front, was actually supposed to be first in terms of the launch of phase four. And because of the pandemic and the schedule changes, we ended up getting WandaVision first. And I'm really curious to see how much, either throughout the entire season or at the start, how much of Falcon feels like a reset and how much of it connects back to the past both through the the character lenses and how they are processing everything that has happened to them and through our fandom lens where, you know, I think that Marvel understands that two things are true at once, right? Even if you just look at the programming slate and the characters we're getting more time with, but also, you know, look at like Eternals, right? Or Fantastic Four entering the, the fold, whatever the case may be, on and on the list goes. When you're building a show around characters who have these deeply rooted bonds with Captain America, Steve Rogers, one of the most beloved characters of the first three phases of the MCU and, of course, Marvel in general. How much are you building around the past and fan connection and attachment to the past? And how much are you working to establish what's next, both for these characters and for the future of the MCU? And I think it's really what you what you mentioned earlier about 
villains who don't stay around long. Like it makes me think of how interesting it is that Zemo is coming back because Zemo actually in Civil War is one of the more interesting villains in the MCU in terms of absolutely his intent, this idea of victory not being something that you achieve for yourself, but just watching your enemy crumble. Like there's something so soul deep and sinister about that. And seeing him come back is this, it, it, again, it's kind of the, the, the both phases of that operating in tandem. Okay, good. That's a new, not new. It's not like, a, obviously, you know, we got Thanos in more than one movie. We got Loki in, in more than one movie. But it, this determination to say, let's continue to invest in and expand on and build on these characters who people were intrigued by, much like you would in comic book storytelling, right? Find ways to bring them back and resurface them. But then again, even though there's a new spin on it, it is something from the past. It is a relic from the past. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what role Falcon plays, not only within the six-episode story itself, but in terms of setting the stage for Phase 4 and the rest of the MCU. Can't wait. Well said. It all gets started right now. We're in the eye of the nerd storm. <laughs> and it's me and Ma. We're your storm watchers. We're your, we're your Doppler guides through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Reminders of what's to come. You will be back on the feed on Friday with a Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 1 Instant Reaction. You will also be back on the feed on Sunday talking Justice League. I will be here on Tuesday talking Falcon, some theories, hearing from you, the listeners. And you can hear all of that and more if you follow us on Spotify. Yeah, and we'll tell you guys how... Uh, Reed Richards was actually the aerospace engineer the entire time <laughs> and you just missed it it's not it's not their fault it's your fault <laughs> it wasn't Agatha all along it was Mephisto <laughs> damn it 